Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. All right, are you ready? I got a question for you. We had some questions last week. I got another question today. (laughs) Have you ever dealt with a difficult person? (laughs) No elbowing, please. No pointing of the fingers. Easy over there, easy. Have you ever dealt with a difficult person, anyone? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Someone over there had two fingers up. Not one, two people, right? And so, have you ever been disappointed by someone? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Hard to ask this question. Who here has disappointed someone? All of us, right? Come on. Okay. Have you been sawed by others' mess? Woo! You know, one of the things about uh, drama, we're interesting as human beings because we like to be entertained by drama, don't we? Yeah. But but I just don't like it when it's in my life. You know, Cindy and I will be, you know, watching some of her shows, you know, like chick flicks. You know, like things like, the hills are light. How you say it? <laughs> Do it for me, man. <laughs> Do it for me, man. The hills are alive with the sound, sound of, of music. music. Oh, this song has been sung for a thousand years. Oh. <laughs> the boys are coming <laughs> You always like sound and music. Oh, I like this one, though. That one is kind of hard. A doe, a deer, a female deer. Ray, a drop of golden sun. Me, a name I call myself. Far, a long, long way to run. So, a needle pulling thread. La, a note to follow so. Tea, a drink of jam and bread. That will bring us back to... So, uh, baby, I can't sing that one with you. You make up some notes on that one. I just can't. I can't. Sorry. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. watch worthless shows. I mean, uh, chick shows like that. I'm picking. We'll watch hey, shows hey, like I, that. You've just become so well-rounded, well-chiseled. Yes. Yeah. I like okay. that word, chiseled. I know, right? So we'll watch a show like that and, you know, or some, <laughs> some other, you know, love shows. And uh, Cindy will always look over to me. She said, thank you for not doing that to me. Come on, that's right. Or I'll look over to her. Thank you for not doing that to me. Because drama's good until it's in your life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the hardest thing about life is getting along with others. Who can agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Who? Oh, y'all, y'all are lying up in church. Who can agree? That is the hardest thing in life. We, we got we to gotta loosen this 1045 crowd up. Come on now. Come on. I'm a, go ahead and say the hardest thing in life. 
The hardest thing in life is getting along with others. If y'all don't know what that means, that means applause. <laughs> For now, on a 1045, if I do this, that means you got to applause. Hey! All right, so um, it's, it's crazy. I was talking to one of my adult kids. They kind of got in that place in their life where they were having to deal with other people. I mean, you know. Uh, we had eight kids in the house, so you had a lot of dealing growing up. Okay, but anyway, um, this kid was like, man, relationships are hard. Like, why people just don't get it together like that person did, had it all together, you know? And uh, this kid said, is it worth it? <laughs> and I just started laughing because I'm like, <laughs> eyes have been opened. But um, I said, yeah, it is, it is worth it. It is worth it. it is. Um, but it's really, it always seems a struggle. I mean, honestly, me, myself, I've had situations where I'm like, God, just this is why, why is it like this? Can't relationships just be easy? I'm like, you know, you fix you, I fix me, you don't give me your met. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the problem here? But it always seems like uh, everyone has their own idea of how things should be, right? Even me, mm. right? No, baby, never. He's smart. He's smart. <laughs> But honestly, you know, I can say this about myself. I am a very opinionated person, right? Mm. <laughs> Y'all, he is wise. Oh, wise. No, but being real, I'm very opinionated. And actually, probably 80% of my life, what I do, I have to be opinionated. Yep. Like, I have to be decisive. But it's that other 20% that I just need to keep my opinion to myself. And so I think if we all figure out what that is, life and relationships would be a lot better. And it's, it's kind of like this. You know, we, we get into this place where we expect this out of people. Like, this is what we expect. You know, I'm like, hey, everybody should know this. It's a no-brainer, okay? You should talk like this. You should do this. It's a no-brainer. But when reality comes in... And whoever I'm expecting this from is way down here, a reality which I might think is subpar, but maybe not. I may have just had an unrealistic expectation. The gap between the two breeds frustration. And that's where the struggle really is. It's when we have these expectations and then here's reality and we get frustrated. So a lot of times that's when people choose I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to feel with that. So I'm just going to isolate, and I'm going to get off the grid. Why do you think those reality TV shows are successful? People are like, ooh, can I really get off the grid? <laughs> These people driving me crazy. Let me see. Let me watch this show. Let me see if I can make it. You know, come on. Y'all watch those shows? What's the name of those shows, baby? Bear Grylls is one. Home Alone? Right? <laughs> By yourself. <laughs> Y'all, it's a miracle my kids survived when he babysat them. I can just say that. They were pretty much home alone when I babysat them. <laughs> He's a great daddy. He is. Amen? Amen. You know, one of the things, too, when you think about isolation, you talk about isolation, I think everyone, you know, goes, their mind goes to this reality TV and by yourself, off the grid. But it's, it's isolation can be done with a group mm -hmm. where we choose in our life 
to go, I don't want to deal with everybody's stuff. I, I don't like dealing with people. So I am just going to have two or three people mm-hmm. that I hang with and I do stuff with. And I'm not doing stuff with nobody else. And that, too, is not good. Right. Uh, that's actually called in the Bible a work of the flesh. Yeah. Because it's a faction. And that's not the way the Lord wants us to live our lives. So you can be isolated with a few or isolated by yourself. They're both not good. But what happens, how does a loner think? We think like everyone else is unworthy. You know, I'm the only one worthy of anything. I'm the only one who does everything right. Everyone else is unworthy. Or people are fools. Come on, guys. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Or idiots. That might be your other People are fools. Especially when you're driving. Come on, get real up in the I'm house. I'm the only one that drives right on the road. Am I, right? I mean, I, I'm like, I'll tell the kids, I say, mm-hmm, you see that idiot right there? They should have never did that. And uh, I don't really tell them that. But, but I get close to it. <laughs> but, but the whole point is, you know, we're like, you know, we think everyone else, man, what are they doing? I'm the only one that does all this right. Man, they're food. Especially like, you know, nowadays... In, in Ascension Parish, you can be on Highway 30, and it's like Baton Rouge. Yeah. Am I right? And it's like 2.30 during the day, and I'm like, where are all these people supposed to be? No wonder why there's a labor shortage. They're not at work. Wait, wait. They ought to be home. They ought to be at work. And but, I'm sitting there driving. But you're on Highway 30. Right. What's up with that? That's about the mindset, right? Uh, but we have this loner mentality because people let us down. Yeah. Uh, I like to make my own decisions. And when you connect it with a lot of people, it's hard to get your own way. And when you make decisions, it affects others. And so it gets hard to do what you want to (laughs) do. People, Pastor Levi, let me give you a leadership lesson. A lot of people think, oh, man, grow your organization. And as God grows the kingdom in the church... As a leader, you just get to do what you want to do. <laughs> I never do what I want to do. It's amazing. And so we, we, we want to do what we want to do. I don't fit in here. That's another reason we have this long Or no mentality. one understands me. Or no one understands yeah. me. Uh, it hurts too much to be disappointed. Hmm. There's a lot of people, they're just, the pain is painful. And they don't want to go through that. Or I simply don't want to deal with other people's mess. And so this is reasons people isolate. But that's not good, is it? No, it's not good. To isolate is not good, and it's a selfish way to live life. Think about it. In the beginning in Genesis, when God created, he created everything. He created the stars, light, dark, the earth, the bugs, the birds, the fish, all the things He created man, and when he looked at man, he realized, man, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, he created all the animals, so that tells you that that's not even good enough. He created woman so he wouldn't be alone. And you know that that is the only thing that God adjusted in his creation. Because he knew that man, no one, woman, should not be isolated nor alone. Think about why do they use in the correctional system, they actually use isolation as a form of punishment. 
Okay, so it's not healthy to be alone. You know, and that's exactly what Satan does when he gets you, uh, because of all those reasons that yeah. are real reasons, not like they're not real reasons. Yeah, it's real. But he gets you to isolate and, and to separate. He is bringing you into torment, and you don't realize. You think, oh, man, it's going to be good, and it never is. Yeah, that's right. See, in Proverbs 18, 1, it says, one who separates himself seeks his own desire. You see, because God's desire for you is to be connected in the body. What happens if you have, you know, my finger decides my finger doesn't want to be part of the body anymore, and so it severs itself, separates from me. What happens to it? It dies. It dies. But also, there's that void, the purpose that it was intended to do isn't done, okay? And so um, he quarrels against all sound wisdom. And so it is not wise to be isolated. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you're in here right now, and you have reason. I don't ignore your reasons. Maybe, you know, you've been burned. Maybe you've been brokenhearted. Maybe you've been abused. And so you've, you've put up this protective layer trying to, to save yourself, trying to protect yourself. And so you've isolated. You haven't dug in or, or tried to connect with others. I want to encourage you today. That's not the way to go. You can do something about it. So the title of today's message is Living Together. We need to learn how to live together. And the reasoning behind living together is not always a good reason. And so some of the main reasons people desire to be around others, one of them that's not good is fame and wealth. Because if you're going to have fame and wealth, you need people. Yeah. Because you need to be idolized by people or you need people to have resources. And so what makes that bad is that your life is about using others not helping others. Yeah. And so this is one area. That's why when someone gets famous, they isolate. You see, they want the, the accolades, but they don't want the relationships. They don't want the mess. They don't want the access. And so yeah. they isolate. And so this is one of the reasons that's not good through fame and wealth. Okay, another is necessity. Why do we, why do we get in relationship? Because of necessity. Think about it. To work. You go to work. You have a boss, you're in a relationship with that boss because you need the paycheck. Or maybe you are the boss, and so you have to have a relationship with, with your clientele so you can get the paycheck. Whether it's family, you need me, baby. Oh, I need you I to get dressed you. this morning. <laughs> I need you, okay? And so there are different, just to exist in society, we need relationships. I mean, think about it. You know, you go to work and work for a boss you don't even like mm. because you're living in necessity. And then yeah. a, a, another reason, and this is kind of a, a, in somewhat neutrality, and it is extroverts. You know, there, there are some people out there, they're just extroverts. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an a, a introvert. And so you're an introvert. I don't know if that shocks you, but that is true. And, but... God loves extroverts. Who's an extrovert out here where you draw energy from being around people? Raise your hand if you Come draw on. energy from be being bold. around people. Come on, be brave. Be bold, yes. man. Own it awesome. up. Own it up. That's good. God, thank God for you guys. What I need is for you guys to rub upon all of us. 
So, uh, how about like say hi and bring we, me to coffee? We need a, I need all you guys to just raise your hand. When you walk in church, just start, you know, going by someone you see by themselves and just... Be, hey, hey, someone be like... Just what? rub on their elbow. We need you to rub off on us, amen? But, you know, and even though sometimes being an extrovert, yeah. it's wanting to be around others because of the energy it's giving you, not really because of others. And so it's, that's why I call it neutrality. But the real reason that we should... Uh, want to be around others is this. Is for divine purpose. And divine purpose has to be rooted in love, okay? So we need to be able to see others. We need to be able to see their value that they have. We need to be able to see them as Christ sees them. And you see, because God actually desires for all of us to be world changers. And if we're not rooted in love, we are not going to be able to do that. Okay, so as a believer, the greatest reason for us to want to be around people should be so we could be a world changer. Now, you may say, a world changer, huh? Does that freak anybody out? Like, that just sounds so big and so much. Okay, yes, okay, but to break that down, what that really means is to reach the lost. When you see people that are struggling and hurting and living in sin and not serving the Lord and they have no hope, does it break your heart? Do you have compassion for them? Okay, we should be willing to disciple the found. Okay, when new people come into the body of Christ, you know, we should have a desire to want to pour into them, to equip them so that one day they can equip others. Okay, we should also, another way to reach the world is to serve the poor. You know, those that are less fortunate, that is the heart of the Father, is to love and serve the poor. So these are ways... This is our divine purpose that we should be walking in every day. So as we want to connect with others so we can get this done. And it's not just transactional. Transactional means you connect with someone because you want an outcome. Okay, you connect with someone because you want to get a job done. But it needs to go beyond that. It needs to be relational. That's how it's rooted in love. You really care about the people you know when I when I thought this through and and really examined myself like the Bible says to examine yourself I mean I get it I get it because when I really think this through uh, I would not want to be around people outside of divine purpose I mean I would be that isolation off the grid I would be just a couple is anyone with me on this I mean I would and then I, I was really just being honest of my real feelings. And it's like, I, I get it. I get that. But then divine purpose came into my life. Yeah. Then Jesus Amen. came in my life. And because Jesus came into my life, I can't live that way. Yeah. And it started out where I can't live that way because of my love for God. Because, you know, that's who I accepted, Jesus. And then he told me I got to accept everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, don't tell you that. Uh, and so I accepted Jesus. And, and so I first wanted to, you know, I, I would really interact and wanted to be with other people because I really loved my father. I knew that's what he wanted. But then something happened over time is his love began to grow in me. And I didn't just want to be around people because of my love for the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But I wanted to be around people because I found myself loving people. Yeah. Amen. And here's the thing, when, when you love 
people, you can't be isolated from them. Hmm. Even though the nature of you, the old nature, is an introvert. I crucify that all the time so that I can be in God's will. I crucify that because people are important to the Lord and to me. And so this is the purpose in which I now live. And I think we should all live in this divine purpose. However, even, even uh, with divine purpose, living together in the world uh, does not mean it's going to be easy. It does not mean it's going to be easy at all. It's, we need some things to help us. And the yeah. Lord knew this, and that's why he gave us these teachings. So to live together in this world even for the right reasons, takes, number one, bold love and high grace. Come on. Pastor Dino taught me this years ago, and I've never forgot it. It's actually one of our staff DNAs, is that we're to have bold love and high grace. Let me read you this scripture. Uh, in Ephesians 4, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So here, I want to stop just for a second, because some people do things, and they'll go, and they know they're wrong, and they'll go, well, God still loves me. Mm. And I'm like, duh, of course he does. He loves Putin. Mm. He, loves, he loves the most ardent criminal. But it doesn't mean that he's pleased. Yeah. And so the idea that God loves you, I mean, yeah, we say it, but it's not an excuse to do wrong. Yeah. Because when we do wrong, it grieves him. So how can we not grieve the Holy Spirit of God that is inside of us? And this is how you're not grieving. It says, all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander must be removed from you along with all malice. Wow. So the first way we please the Lord is to not allow any of that to be in us. So if you want to be pleasing to God, you got to start there. We're getting all of this out. And he says, once you get that out, verse 32, be kind to one another. How many know the world needs some more kindness? Yeah, amen. Be compassionate. You know what compassion is? Pity is when you pass by someone and you feel sorry for them and you pray for them. Compassion is when you do something about it. Yeah. So we need to have compassion, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. I want to tell you something. I don't have to agree with everything that you think. I don't have to agree with every decision, and you don't have to agree with all of my decisions or everything I think. That's why we got to have bold love and high grace. Who's married in here? Have you agreed on everything? No. <laughs> the reason you're still married is you've got bold love and high grace. Amen. And, and, and look, and we also got to allow each other to make mistakes. This idea of what you talked about, this expectation yeah. Where no one can make a mistake, and if you make a mistake, eh, you out of my life. Listen, that's, that's, that runs 
cross-grained to the gospel. That's, that's against the Lord Jesus. I mean, who in here has made mistakes? All of us. And we all need forgiveness. That's yeah. why I said before you start holding something against someone else, remember what I didn't hold against you. Yeah, come on. The idea that we hold something against somebody because you know what it is? What it is is we're trying to punish them. What if the Lord did that to us? Wow. wow. We would be in a mess. Yeah. And so we've got to learn to be able to allow people to make mistakes. You know, uh, Pastor Levi, you know, can I have permission to share the story I didn't have permission for in the first service? <laughs> Thank you, my son. <laughs> so... Levi, Levi, remember, keep your, keep your right hook up. I want your face better at the end. Joey, don't hit him too hard. Nah, they're going to have a blast. They're going to be great. But Levi, I remember one time when he was, uh, you know, he was around 16, 17. He had made a mistake, did something. And I remember how, how hard it, he was on himself. And how disappointed he was, because you got to understand something, and it's like this for everyone, so don't get me wrong, but a pastor's kid, there's, there's just this another dynamic to it. And so he had this idea that he was just going to be perfect, you know, throughout life. And, uh, and so he was really hard on himself, and I can tell he was, he was kind of pointing his, his frustration of, of mistake on me too, because a lot of times what happens is when we're hard on ourselves, we just automatically assume that everyone else, especially our leadership, feels the same way. Mm. And a lot of times that's a misconception. And I remember we had this conversation. I said, son, son, listen to me. You okay to make mistakes. Yeah. You have permission to make mistakes. Cindy, you have permission to make mistakes in our relationship, in our life, no matter what they are. You have, now, do I want you to make mistakes? Of course not. Do you want to make mistakes? Mm-mm. Of course not. It's kind of like Paul said. He said, the grace of God is not there for a license to sin. Right. He said, God forbid. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about, hey, we all, who's made mistakes in here? All of us. All right? If your hand's not up, you just made one. Come to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to talk to you about that, right? So we've got to give people permission to make mistakes so we all grow. That's why you got to have bold love and high grace. And look, and we've got to love our enemies. We have to learn to love our enemies. Because here's the thing. You know, Jesus said the world loves those who love them. And he said, so if you love those who love you, what different are you than the world? Mm. And here's the sad part about that. Churches, families, marriages who know Jesus are having a hard time loving people who love them. Wow, come on. How are we going to love the world if we can't first learn to love each other? Yeah. Because we got to get to a place where we can love those who are our enemies. And the only way you're going to do that is bold love and high grace. Say it with me. Say bold love. Bold love. High grace. High grace. It's the way to live your life. Okay, so also to live together in this world, even for the right reason, it takes humility and the willingness to let things go. Humility is actually 
not believing that you're better than everyone else or someone else, okay? And, and that's easier to think than you think, <laughs> okay? Um, and then to let things go, it's actually being net okay, giving up the right to be right. Did y'all hear me? To let things go, you have to be willing to give up the right to be right. Colossians 3, 12 through 15, it says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put in a heart of compassion and kindness, which you read in Ephesians 4, but this goes further. It says humility, there's that word, gentleness and patience. Hmm. You know, how many times that we want to force our ideas, force our beliefs, force what we think is right onto others. You know, what does the word said? It says that the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. But maybe if we just give patience and kindness, display that, display humility and compassion, maybe we would see some hearts change in the relationships that we're struggling with. Amen. Verse 13 goes on. It says, bearing with one another. Oh, wow. It doesn't say changing one another. Mm. Come on, it says bearing with one another. That means you might not like something about that someone, but it's okay. You need to love them anyway. That also means that they're not going to like something about you. <gasps> I know. I love I everything know. about you, baby. No, there are some things I know that you bear with. Mm. Like my giggles. I giggle, I giggle at the wrong time all the time. Okay. Bearing with one another. I plead the fifth. Well, I'll say it for you. You are very, you bear very well. Forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. Y'all, this is where we must learn how to be willing to let go of things. If we're not willing to let go of things, there will be no forgiveness. So we've got to be willing to let go. And honestly, to be able to have a relationship, to be able to have communion with one another and communication, you have to walk in all of these traits. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want surface-level relationships for the rest of your life, okay, maybe you can get away with that. This can be a very empty and an unfulfilling life. If you want to go deeper and to have those intimate, strong bonds of unity, you're going to have to walk all of this out. Amen. Verse 14 goes on. It says, in addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. We know that it says that God is love. So if I am putting on God every day, if I am walking in the spirit of God every day, I am flowing in the Holy Ghost every day, I'm going to be able to walk in unity as far as I can help it. I mean, you may act crazy, but I don't have to act crazy, right? Yeah. You think that was funny? No, you're never crazy. Mm -hmm. um, let the peace of Christ to which you were indeed called in one body rule in your hearts and be thankful. Y'all, we need to be thankful for one another. Be thankful for, for this body. Be thankful for our community. Be thankful for the world. And when you just start to thank God for those things and, and walk in love, things get better and it's going to work out. Amen. And another thing we need, uh, the last one we'll go over today, that we all need uh, to be able to live together is we need wisdom 
from above. Amen. Because there is a wisdom of the earth that will not produce good things. And it actually tells us in James chapter 3, uh, before verse 17, it talks about how selfish ambition and jealousy is a wisdom of the world. And when you operate in that, it opens up the door to every demonic spirit to come into your life and to raise havoc in your life. He said, but instead, you need to have wisdom from above. In verse 17, it says, but the wisdom from above, number one, the first thing is pure. Yeah. And you know what pure means? That means it's real. Yeah. It's not something that's fake. You know, one of the things <clears throat> all through my life <clears throat> as a pastor, people, uh, you know, I'll be somewhere and, and uh, they'll find out I'm a pastor and they say, you're a pastor? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, wow. I, you know, I wouldn't have thought that. And, and they'll find out, you're, you're the senior pastor? You actually get paid to, to be a pastor? To be able to church? Like, yeah, 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 I do. And, and the whole thing is, they, they say this. And they're not saying this about because of sin and things like this. They're saying this just, just out of what's a picture in their mind and maybe what they've seen. But they say, you don't act like a pastor. Mm. I hear that all the time. You don't act like a pastor. And I look at him and I say, that's because I'm not acting. Yeah, come on. That's because I'm not acting. And the problem is, we have a church today, a church world today, they would rather have actors mm. than real people because an actor don't bust your bubble. Wow, come on. You see, that's, that's what we look at actors and, oh, man, they're heroes and everything else. And we have this image of them, but in their real life, it ain't nothing like that. Yeah, come on. See, we give the actors superpower, and, 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 but in real life, they don't have superpower. Mm. And so it's the same way. We want to make pastors actors so that we can make them heroes. And then when all of a sudden they make a mistake that a hero wouldn't make, we're all aghast at, oh my God. No, they're just real. You see, I would rather have something real than fake. Yeah, amen. I have a, I'd rather have a real person than an actor. And be a real person. It doesn't mean it's an excuse for maybe your failings or anything else, but you are who you are right now. And you can be humble and do all these things and work through that. Yeah. But we need real people. So first of all, it's pure. Then it is peace-loving. I love that word. Peace-loving. Maybe, maybe we need to get these uh, uh, die-tie t-shirts. Tie-dye. Tie-dye. Tie-dye t-shirts. You know, peace, brother. Peace, sister. Be our new some peace. You know, not smoke the dope, though. We won't smoke the dope. <laughs> so we'll, glad you We'll be hippies that. without the dope. <laughs> We're against the dope. I'm just saying. <laughs> Get us a die tie t shirt. Tie die. Tie die t shirt. <laughs> Come on, look, you never say peace, brother. Y'all tell Peace, he, sister. He, he is not a hippie. Can you tell? <laughs> Next time you go to the store, say, hello, peace, brother. Peace is all good. <laughs> but I don't smoke dope. <laughs> you can be peace loving without smoking dope. Can I get an amen? Crazy. <laughs> then it says, be gentle. 
Okay, then it says be reasonable. Mm. Oh, wow. Reasonable means you don't always get your way. Come on, give up the right to be right. Reasonable means compromise. Yes. That is not a dirty word. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you don't learn how to be reasonable, compromise, you're going to have a rough time in marriage. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Yeah. I know like, uh, you know, something came up. You know, we've probably been talking about this for about a year. And so, yeah. you know, I, and on the side of my yard, I wanted to dig a pond. Because I got a little wet area out there. I figure I dig a pond. I ain't got to worry about the wet area. And It'll the kids can swim in it. Get it? It'll be wet. You know? Yeah. And yeah, then it'd be wet. I don't have to cut it with my lawnmower. <laughs> and, and so Cindy, I was telling her, yeah, I drew pictures. I had this great energy behind it, passion behind it. I drew it. I talked to Lee about it. I was like, yeah, man, we can do this. We can do this. Yeah, pond. The kids were like, yeah, daddy, we can have a swimming hole. And then Dude. I talked to Cindy. And Cindy's like... Uh, I, I'm just concerned. And she was concerned about the grandkids and how where it'd be. We wouldn't be able to see them and, and all this. And so she really didn't feel that that's what we needed to do. And so the stupid thing to do would do it, be to do it anyway. Mm. That's so not smart. smart. You're so smart. That's right. I got a smartphone, smart God, and a smart wife. <laughs> I got the 12 version. Come on, somebody. What y'all got? Y'all should be shouting, man, right now. I got the 13. But so we, we decided that, you know, we looked back and forth, back and forth, and we came up with a solution that was peaceful. And the solution is, wait a minute, let's just put a fence across there, and then I'll, you know, let the cows in that area then they can eat the grass so I don't have to cut it with my lawnmower when it's wet. And then you, you won't have to worry about the grandkids and the pond. And then when the kids won't go swimming, we'll sneak over to our neighbors and jump in their pond. Come on, it's all solved. It's all solved. So we got out the, the peace pipe. No, no we didn't smoke no, the peace pipe. Well, no dope. Anything. No dope. <laughs> Where I'm at. All right. I don't even know. So... All right, it says, be full of mercy and good fruits. Sometimes we're full of the wrong thing. Mm. We need to be full of mercy and good fruits. Impartial, free of hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace is what, the way we need to live our life. Guys, this is what God wants for you and I. This is how he wants us to live our lives together, to live Together, we need these things. So bottom line is, don't be a loner. Don't be a loner or create small factions. You know, just to define what a faction is, it's when you make a little group that's going to support your case, that's going to support your beliefs. It's a little group that, you know, you think all alike. Okay, and it's actually in the scripture, it's a, it's a group that forms dissension and it's a work of the flesh okay so bottom line don't be a loner or create small factions to be a part of but allow the love of God to broaden your society okay to fulfill our divine purpose we need to reach others and we need to connect with others 
Okay, and so we have to, to do that. You got to broaden your society. And so here we have an opportunity. You know, we have uh, connect groups. We have C groups. You can join a C group. And you may say, you know, I'm kind of okay. I feel okay. You know, <laughs> I don't have a lot of time or whatever. Someone, you may have something that someone else needs. The selfish way is to think I'm good. I don't need anything else in my life. Okay, but God doesn't. He's created us as a body. We give to one another. We invest in one another. And another way I want to encourage you to connect and to reach is reach your neighborhood. More than just a waving when you pass by, but get, getting to know your neighbors, connecting with them. And it's great, you know, even, I mean, neighbors that are lost. Do you think it's an accident that the Lord placed them next to you that knows him? You know, build relationships with them. Have them over. You know, bake them cookies. Okay? It's a great way to get involved in other people's lives and to connect. Especially like this month coming up. I'm going to throw a challenge out in that. We've got Easter coming up. We've got Easter Explain. You've got Tonight Fight Night. You've got Family Fest. We've got, you know, all of these amazing things going to happen in April all the way up to Easter. Guys, you've got three and a half weeks, four weeks to truly get engaged and reach your neighbors. Your neighbor may be the one living next to you. It may be the person working next to you. Yeah. Reach your neighbor in relationship, and especially for those that are without a body of Christ, without their loss, they've been separated from God, separated from the body. Bring them in. Yeah. I'm challenging you. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Bring them in. Let God use you to do this. Listen, divine purpose rooted in love is why we live together. It's why we reach others. And I know many of you, like us, are going, wait a minute, man. I, I've gotten hurt through that. I've gotten burned. We like that word, right? But we're using the wrong verbiage because the idea of pain, I mean, you would be not smart to, you'd want to stay away from pain, but there are two types of pain. There's the pain where you burn as a kid when you reach out and touch a fire and you go, whoa, that's hot. And you ain't going to touch that fire again because, wow, that burned me. You see, and that's how we associate relationships. It's the wrong pain. The type of pain that we need to associate it with is working out. Because when you, when you work out, it's painful. It's painful, and it brings pain to your body, but it's a pain that will bring gain. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's a pain that will make you stronger. And so, yes. Look, you may have got given up hope. Listen, there's one thing you can do in life that you will never be disappointed with, and that's to invest in human beings. Amen. It doesn't matter what the other human being does with it. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I invested. It didn't work out. I wasted my time. No, you did not. If that's the case, Jesus wasted his time by sacrificing himself for the whole world. Because there's a lot of people that have not accepted that, that did nothing with that. Was it a waste of time? No, it was not. It's never a waste of time when you invest in human beings. Amen. You will never be sorry for doing that. And yes, there is pain. Yes, there is risk. But it's a type of pain that's going to make you stronger. Yeah. It's a type of risk that has great reward. Yeah. Just think if Cindy, if we would have given up on people, we wouldn't be pastors. We wouldn't know any of you. But we decided, no, it is worth it. 
Like when our kid asks you, it is worth it. Yes, it is worth it. It is worth it, church. Come on, stand to your feet, everyone in here. I got one last question. I started with a question, and I'll end with a question. And this is the question. Does the prospect of impacting the world excite you? I said, does the prospect of impacting the world excite you? Amen. That should excite you. That we, we have the opportunity to glorify Jesus Christ on this earth by reaching others, by helping others, by serving others. You and I, together, as the body of Christ, we are world changers. Amen. So you know what I want you to do? I want you to go out and change the world. Amen. Go out and change the world. Come on, who loves Jesus in this place? <laughs> <laughs>